Hot damn, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for tuning in once again to another episode of The Locker Room where we discuss everything UFC related that happens in the UFC under the sun and and outside the octagon. If you have not know already, I am excited for this one and you should be too. Why? Because this past UFC 274 was just spectacular, albeit one fight that should not be named. But since we are going to be reviewing everything, I have to name it. Thug Rose versus the Cookie Monster. Who would have thought that we would have had another Israel Adesanya versus Yoel Romero? For the fans that are not too familiar with that fight, what happened this past Saturday for that one? We're just going to go ahead and jump into that one. Uh, Thug Rose, the reigning 115 strawweight woman's champion, took on her adversary, the Cookie Monster, a.k.a. Carla Esparza. This title fight, it was just, for first of all, for the European fans, the ones that do stay up all the way till, I can't believe it, you guys stay up till 3, 4 o'clock in the morning to watch these. I don't know, that would probably be, no, I, I would still stay up, or I would watch the highlights in the morning. Nevertheless, Carla Esparza took on Rose Namanunez, and in this fight total, if, if you didn't watch it, you didn't miss anything for this one. I think the total number of strikes thrown from both participants was less than 60 strikes thrown. Oh, oh God, you just you just hate to see it. It was mainly a standoff, standoff match where both women were afraid to throw. Don't know why they didn't really give too much in the post-fight interview of why that essentially happened but it, it, it was very strange and I know there was a rematch and <laughs> one of the reporters asked should they run it back no 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 nobody wants to see that one again let's just let's just move on next month we have Zhang Wei Li versus Joanna Young Jacek they should be getting the next title fight Thug Rose I don't know girl you I think she's still the best fighter on the planet but I just think she had a mental block there so hats off to Carla Esparza she did everything right uh the takedowns in the fourth and the fifth round I believe were the deciding factor and maybe the judge was just a little pissed off but who knows that's not for me to decide and one reason why I am happy for her winning the title is that she just got engaged and she's going to be getting married, so she's going to go on her honeymoon as the best 115-pound champion. So, shout-out to her, and I am excited for her next opponent because it is going to turn right around into some action. Now, in the third fight of the evening, if you have not seen it, who, who have, you, have you not seen it? Possibly the knockout of the year. Yes, I'm talking about Tony El Kakui Ferguson taking on Iron Mike Chandler. God damn, who saw that coming? Who saw the fact that Michael Chandler, who's about five foot nine, knocking out Tony Ferguson, who's about six foot two? Wow, just wow. For me, it's I think for everyone, hands down, this has to be so far the knockout of the year. Let's break it down a little bit. In the first round, Tony Ferguson was looking good. He was looking damn good. He dropped Chandler, which I did not see ha happening. Uh, Tony Ferguson is definitely not the one that's been known for knocking people down or out. His style of fighting is consistent pressure, 
um, a lot of volume thrown and good uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu on the ground and obviously the knees and the elbows coming into play. And in that in that first round, he was he was looking good. He was looking like vintage Tony. We were all excited to see, to, just to see Tony Ferguson back. He was on that what twelve fight win streak from two thousand and twelve all the way up to I believe two thousand nineteen. I want to say it could be eighteen. And he had five title shots, but they were all canceled. The fifth one being canceled due to goddamn COVID nineteen. And, and in vintage Tony fashion, he was looking good. I believe everyone who was a Tony fan was loving to see the hands in the first round. Well, Michael Chandler, he was looking a little bit timid because he went for that takedown in the end of the first round. And Tony was like, oh, thank you, as he sliced him open with those elbows. And then and the second round came around, and whoo-hoo, Michael Chandler, who's the much shorter fighter, just decided to throw a front kick to Tony's face and knocked him out instantly. He did not just knock him out. He turned his whole body around as he face planted onto the canvas. It was hard to see. Uh, nobody wanted that for Tony. I did not think Tony was going to win this fight. In the first round, he gave me hope. He gave us all hope. And then Michael Chandler who has never thrown a front kick in any of his fights for all the time that he's had. He's a veteran fighter at the age of 38, I want to say. either No, he's 36 years old. Just threw a front kick and knocked him out instantly. It was Then he proceeded to do backflips in the middle of the octagon while his opponent was laying down unconscious. Savage. Just completely savage and brutal. It was just one of those... It was one of those kicks that would have put out a horse. It was literally one of those strikes that could have knocked out a gorilla. Oh, my God. Who did not want to see that for Tony? But happy for Chandler. When he got on the octagon, he got all emotional as his kid was entering the octagon. Just to literally decapitate a man and then start crying over your kids literally five seconds later. That just shows you that these fighters are on a different level of thinking and of just a different mindset when it comes to the rest of us. And then he proceeded to call out Conor McGregor at 170. And holy hell, I did not want to see that fight until Michael Chandler put it in my head. Them two at 170 is going to be fireworks. Chandler has proven he is, in fact, the most electrical man in the UFC, hands down, going against Ed uh, going against Conor McGregor at 170, please, UFC, take my money and all my future money because I want to see that main event. I believe Dana White is going to get it done because that is why he is the GOAT of making of doing all the matchmaking because we get the fights that we want to see. <clears throat> Boxing, I'm talking to you. You guys need to figure it out over there because UFC is taking all of the excitement. So, again, congratulations to Michael Chandler. Hope he gets that Connor fight. Hope he gets that red panty nate. And I'll be tuning in. I'm sure we all will as well. And then, last but not least, the goaded, the goated Charles Dubronx Oliveira taking on the human highlight reel Justin Gaethje. Who saw this coming? Who saw this coming? Heavy-handed Justin Gaethje versus BJJ Charles Oliveira. 
I don't know what happened or what kind of superpower that Charles has. He kind of reminds me of those bosses in video games where when you deplete their health bar, the opera music starts to get louder and more intense. And then Charles Oliveira just rises from the goddamn grave because he did that twice in the first round. And if Charles, if Justin Gaethje cannot come out, I don't know who the hell can. Because Justin Gaethje has the most knockouts and... 155 and Charles Lavera, not known for the strongest chin, got dropped twice in the second round, and then Charles got up the third time. Like that did not happen. You guys did not see that. The he he told the cameras they were lying. He did not get dropped because he fully believed that when he came back after being dropped, knocked down Charles Oliver, knocked down Justin Gaethje, and then took his neck home with them with that rear naked choke in the first round. Whole. Lee Hell, that is the, what, third, fourth time that Charles has done that against Dustin Poirier. Dustin Poirier dropped him twice, and then Charles Oliveira came back to strangle him in the second round. Like when, when Michael Chandler, when they first fought, well, when they only fought, and when Michael Chandler dropped him in the first round, and then Charles Oliveira came back in the second round and <laughs> literally decapitated him with that right hook. I, I, Charles Oliveira... Du Bronx getting it done. Uh, I doubted him. I think I believe a lot of us doubted him, especially against uh, Dustin Poirier. And so we all wanted Dustin Poirier to win, but Charles Oliveira is proving us all wrong. And, that, and it's it's good to see because he became he joined the UFC in 2009, and here we are, almost more than a decade later. A decade later of fighting in the UFC, he is now regarded as the best 155-pounder, the champion of the 155-pound division. And <sighs> love to see it. It gives everyone a reason just to keep going for it. He could have quit in 2013. He could have quit when he got knocked out by Paul Felder, who's now commentating. He could have quit when Kevin Lee dominated him for two rounds on the ground. And now here he is just doing the goddamn thing like a goddamn superhero. And you just love to see it. And next up, you guys know the matchup we want to see. I, You know the matchup that I want to see. It is Islam Mahachev, Khabib Nurmagomedov's prodigy, taking on Charles Oliveira. That is the fight. That is the matchup that we all want to see. It is going to be BJJ versus wrestling. And I hope that happens later on this year. Let it cap off 2022. Let Charles Oliveira get the rest that he rightfully deserves. Goes back to his favela in Brazil and pays off the town and uh, gives his parents the house that they want. And then give the MMA fans the fight that we want later on this year. And it's going to be just an amazing fight. And if Charles Oliveira can beat Islam Makachev, I believe it's right to say that he is the GOAT of the 155 lightweight division. I know Khabib never lost a round, but we we didn't see the longevity when it comes to Charles Oliveira if he proceeds to do this. Because after he, if, if, big, 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 if, he beats Islam Makachev, I don't think there's anybody that can stop him. Maybe, maybe the Iron Michael Chandler, maybe, maybe Dustin Poirier if he gets a second crack, maybe. But for as of right now, man, I don't see a path to victory for these gentlemen. Charles Oliveira has just evolved. I, I don't know if they need to call USADA up to 
get a second testing on going on on him. I don't know if they he had a secret twin brother this whole time and they just swapped places. Like Big Brother just came in. It was like, hey man, I got this. Just just no, sit down, take a seat. Don't know what happened, but he is looking damn good. So hats off to him. Now, ladies and gentlemen, as always, as I wrap this up, if you guys like the show, if you guys want me to preview anything, let me know. I am streaming on Twitch on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. This Friday, the 13th, I'll be streaming Evil Dead. Uh, that's going to be exciting. I'm going to be doing it on the release at 10 a.m. Um, Eastern Time. It'll be 9 a.m. Central Time where I'm in Chicago. So please tune into that at iTaj Mahal. Uh, the link is on Spotify and on iTunes. And if anything else, I will catch you guys next time. Peace.